bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. Well, as you know, our theme for the year is influence. Yet last week I spoke about living under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And today I'm speaking on moved by the Spirit. Moved by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit moves upon our lives and he touches our lives and he does his work in our lives and today we're going to learn about what that move is and how we can work with the move of the Holy Spirit he is the chief influencer of our lives he influences our lives so that we can influence other people the Holy Spirit is very present in the life of the believer we talk about him all the time we feel his presence we sense his presence and we move with him but the Holy Spirit was first introduced to us in the book of Genesis and we're going to look at the first introduction of the Holy Spirit uh, to us in the Bible and we're going to see how that introduction tells us about his nature and his work so go with me to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Now you know that I've preached many times from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. And I always have something new to preach from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Alright, so, and it reads, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the of the waters. This is the first time we're introduced to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was hovering on the face of the waters. And this is before the earth became habitable for life. The Spirit of God is hovering. That word hovering uh, it's in the Hebrew is a very interesting word. It gives the impression of something that is moving like a bird that is flying all over the place and moving all over the place. And I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is a bird, but I'm saying it gives the impression of a bird that is moving and flying over a place. The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. There are three ideas you get about the work of the Holy Spirit from that verse. The first one is that the Holy Spirit moves. The Holy Spirit moves. He gets involved in our lives. He gets involved in what happens here on earth. The Holy Spirit does not just stay in one place. 
he doesn't just keep to himself he moves the Spirit of God was hovering there is movement and anytime we encounter the Holy Spirit we should expect him to move he doesn't just come to settle he comes to move and this year I believe that he will move in your life and I pray that he moves mightily in your life that he will be involved in your life you'll be involved in your situation and he will influence factors of life to favor you the second thing you find about the Holy Spirit from that verse is that not only does he move that he feels he takes control when he's moving in a place he moves so that he can control the place when he's moving he moves so that his presence fills the entire space so he moves but he doesn't just move he moves with the intention to fill to take control he wants to fill spaces in our lives he wants to come into our lives and he wants to fill your life and this year I believe he will fill your life and he will fill situations in your life the Holy Spirit moves the Holy Spirit fills the third thing you note about the Holy Spirit is that he shakes or he stirs he changes things he shakes things when he enters a place he will shake the place when he enters a life he will shake the life he does not just leave us where we are but he shakes now that word hover uh, in the Hebrew it gives the idea of something that moves and disturbs what it is moving over the, the impression you can have in your mind is it, it's like a, there, there is a, a body of water and a helicopter or maybe a jet but helicopter is moving very close to the surface of the water and when he's moving close to the surface of the water there will be a disturbance of the water there will be a stirring of the water so he's moving and as he's moving he's shaking the conditions that he's moving over and that is the work of the Holy Spirit he moves he feels and then he shakes he changes things he disturbs the situation and I believe the Holy Spirit this year will move in your life he will fill your life and he will change things in your life there's going to be a stirring in your life there's going to be a shaking in your life there's going to be a transformation in your life he is a mover he is a filler and he is a shaker now this is the introduction of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament in the Bible when we come to the New Testament we are introduced to the Holy Spirit again on the day of Pentecost when he came uh, upon the disciples of Jesus Christ in the upper room and, and gave them that experience uh, of being filled with the Holy Spirit and then the New Testament church was born or inaugurated. So we're going to look at that experience also and, and learn a few things about the Holy Spirit and his movement in our lives. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 and then we'll look at Acts chapter 4 verse 31. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4 and then Acts chapter 4 verse 31 are you in Acts chapter 2 okay verse 1 to 4 when the day of Pentecost had 
fully come. I like that phrase. When the day had fully come, it talks about timing and seasons. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, that's also an interesting word, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the first experience of the church in regard to the empowering of the Holy Spirit. There is a second experience we'll read about and this came about later on after the first experience that the disciples of Jesus uh, were filled with the Holy Spirit and in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were going to pray in the temple. They met a man at the gate called Beautiful and in the name of Jesus, the man was healed. And that didn't please the, the Jewish leaders. So they called Peter and John and threatened them not to preach in the name of Jesus again. Peter and John uh, were, were very disturbed. So they went back to the disciples and reported what had happened. And when they went, the disciples started praying again. And they had a second experience with the Holy Spirit. And, and I want us to read about that experience too in Acts chapter 4 verse 31. This is the second experience. Acts 4 31. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. The place where they were was shaking. Now if you take those two experiences together, they are almost like the same thing that happened in Genesis chapter 1 when the Holy Spirit comes. But I want to talk about a few things from these two verses. The first thing I want you to note about the day of Pentecost, it says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Everybody say a sound from heaven. Say it one more time. Say a sound from heaven. That phrase, a sound of heaven, also means a report from heaven or news from heaven or a noise from heaven. They heard a sound from heaven. Heaven made a sound. Heaven spoke. Heaven brought news to them. And the Bible says that it was sudden. They were just there praying. They had no clue what was going to happen. And all of a sudden, suddenly, a sound from heaven. May you hear a sound from heaven this year. May heaven speak into your situation. They had a sound from heaven. And the Bible says that the sound of heaven was like a mighty rushing wind. It was mighty, it was rushing, and it was wind. It wasn't a gentle breeze. So when the Holy Spirit moves, he can move in many ways. Sometimes he comes in as a gentle uh, breeze. But many times he comes in as a mighty rushing wind. And that's the sound they heard. The question is, 
what does the sound of a mighty rushing wind sound like? Well, it's like, so they heard this almost like a train just walked through the room. Shoo. The sound from heaven. A sound from heaven. Like a mighty rushing wind. What does the sound of heaven do? The sound of heaven would do several things in our lives. Number one, it will introduce heaven's rhythm into our lives. This year, heaven will change the sound and the rhythm of your life. Sound and rhythm determine movement. The way you move is determined by the sound you are hearing and the rhythm you are hearing. Now, you, we heard Lumina sing just now. And they were singing a nice song. But you cannot dance Palogo with that song. Because the sound and the rhythm they were producing will not cause you to move that way. When somebody is dancing waltz, whatever, however they dance it, and the sound changes and the rhythm changes, their dance will also change. And that is what a sound from heaven does. It introduces a new sound and a new rhythm into your pattern of life. And all of a sudden, your movement and response also changes. May God give you a new rhythm, a new sound. May you dance differently. May your movements change. A sound from heaven. A news from heaven. A rhythm from heaven. A movement change in their lives. They heard a sound from heaven. Many of you have heard a sound of fear. You have heard a sound of disturbance, of ineffectiveness. You've heard the sound of sickness. You've heard the sound of defeat. You've heard the sound of failure. You've heard the sound of poverty. And you've been dancing to that sound for too long. But this year, the sound from heaven is bringing about a new rhythm in your life. And when the sound changes and the rhythm changes, you got to change your movement. Otherwise, you will be dancing out of tune. Your dance has been in poverty, but now prosperity is a new sound. Don't dance to poverty. You have to learn to dance with prosperity. You have to learn new moves. You have to do things differently. The sound from heaven will introduce heaven's rhythm into your life. On the day of Pentecost, the sound was like the mighty rushing wind. The sound of heaven will move into situations in your life with force and urgency. The sound of heaven, the Bible says it was a mighty rushing wind and it came suddenly. It came suddenly, I sense a suddenly anointing coming upon you. Suddenly something will shift. Suddenly something will change. Sound of a mighty rushing wind. It's like the kind of winds we have just before major tropical rainstorms. Like what we see in, in around March and April before the major rain, rain starts. It's just sound. It's mighty rushing wind. And it uproots trees. It removes roofs. It moves some buildings. 
it disconnects some powers and may the sound of heaven disconnect the power of the enemy over your life. I said there will be a disconnection of the power of the enemy over your life. What was connected will be disconnected. What has been a roof over your progress will be removed. There will be a sound from heaven. The Bible says it's a sound of a mighty rushing wind and it moves suddenly. It enters every situation of your life with force and with urgency. It is sudden. It is not waiting. Third thing that a sound from heaven does is that it shakes and rearranges things in your life. When he comes as a mighty Russian wind, you will experience a shaking. He will move some things out and move some things in. He's going to disturb the situations that have become settled in your life. There's going to be a disturbance. There's going to be a shaking. There's going to be an upheaval. And the fourth thing the sound of heaven does is that it announces a new season for your life. On the day of Pentecost, that sound from heaven announced it's church time. It's time for grace. It's time for the church. The church that was afraid and hiding is now being inaugurated and announced boldly. And that's why the people couldn't figure out how these people could boldly speak because a couple of days ago, they were afraid. But now God is announcing them. May God announce you to the world. May he announce you to the world. Maybe you've been running and hiding in places because you don't feel confident and you feel you don't have what it takes, but God is about to announce you. Your announcement is about to be spoken. There will be an announcement of your emergence. The Holy Spirit is a mover. He moves. He feels. He shakes. And when he gets to a place, he rearranges the things. I'm going to talk to you about a story in the Bible that you're familiar with. And I'm going to use that illustration to affirm what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Go with me to John's Gospel, chapter 5 and verses 2 to 4. John's Gospel, chapter 5 verses 2 to 4. It is a story of a very remarkable encounter that Jesus had with somebody. But we're not going to talk about the encounter. We're just going to reference something that happened before the encounter took place. And it describes an event or an incident that is very similar to how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. John chapter 5, verses 2 to 4. It says, Now there is in Jerusalem by the ship gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first 
after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Very interesting. This experience talks about the stirring of the water, but it also gives us an idea of what happens when the Holy Spirit is also at work and how we can step into a move of the Holy Spirit and, and, and receive what he has for us. The first thing you would notice from the passage is that for us to participate in the move of the Holy Spirit, there has to be expectancy. Expectancy is to be in a state of spiritual readiness. Expectancy. Why do we know there is expectancy? Because the Bible says that the people lay at Bethesda waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting for the moving of the water. Now, we as Christians, we don't go waiting for the moving of the water, but we wait for the moving of the Holy Spirit. The, the people were waiting for the moving of water. Now, what does it mean they were waiting? Does it mean they were just lying down there doing nothing? No. Waiting means they were anticipating. They were ready all the time. They were expectant all the time. Now, it's very difficult to be in expectation when you are not sure of when the visitor will come. Have you, have you been in the situation before? Well, you don't know when somebody is come, coming, but you have to be ready. After some time, you get tired of waiting. It happened to the five foolish virgins. They, they, they didn't know when the bridegroom was coming. They, they, they got tired. So, these people were waiting for the moving of the water. The water hadn't given them a timetable. The angel didn't come and say, well, you know, according to my protocol, I show up every third Wednesday of the month. So that every third Wednesday, you'll go in and hope that there'll be a stirring. No, you have to be expectant because one day out of nowhere, there'll be a stirring. And that is how it is when we are dealing with the Holy Spirit. We have to be expectant all the time. All the time. So you're expectant today, nothing happens. You go to sleep, you wake up tomorrow, you're still expectant. You go to bed, nothing happens, you're still expectant. You were expectant last year, nothing happened, you're still expectant. You never stop expecting because you don't know when the spirit would move and stir up a situation. Being in a state of expectancy is a personal choice. It means that I'm not going to be weary, I'm not going to be tired. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to say, well, you know, I prayed last year. I believed last year. Oh, I was very hopeful and nothing happened. Still be expectant. Well, I thought it will happen last week. Nothing happened. Be expectant. I thought it will happen last month. Nothing happened. Be expectant. To be, to be able to receive the move of the Holy Spirit, you have to cultivate expectancy. And when you are getting discouraged, encourage yourself in the Lord. When you are going down, lift yourself up. When everybody says it can be done, you still believe it can be done. Abraham was expectant for a child till he was 99 years. I wonder how many times he was told, don't you think you are crazy? Sarah had to wait till 90 years. Expectant. Expectant, 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 expectant. 
And let's face it, there are times when it's very difficult to be expectant when you've been disappointed for too long. But who knows, the day you stop expecting will be the day there'll be a staring. So there has to be expectancy. This year, I want you to be in expectancy every day of the year. From January, be expectant. February, be expectant. March, be expectant. April, be expectant. May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, be expectant. And be expectant next January too. Because there's going to be a staring. When? I don't know. But I want to be ready when that time comes. You have to be in a state of expectancy. Every day you step out of your house could be the day when God stares the waters. You don't know whom you will meet. You don't know who will come into your way. You don't know what story you will hear the next five minutes. Somebody will shake your hand and it can change your life. You will sit somewhere and it can change your life. You will have one conversation with somebody, it can change your life. You can have one phone call, it can change your life. You don't know which phone call, but be expectant. Be expectant. Stay in a spirit of expectancy. Because at any time, there can be a staring. The Holy Spirit does not work with our timetable. He works with his timetable. All we have to do is to be expectant. The second thing you would notice about that incident and how it applies to us in relation to the Holy Spirit is timing. The Bible says that at a certain time, an angel went down and stared at the water. There is a certain time. We have to trust God's timings and God's seasons. There is a time for God to do things. There are sovereign times of God. And there are times, set times for God to favor his people. Although God works all the time, there are specific moments in our lives when he stirs things up for us. For us. When God stirs things up, he changes the atmosphere. He changes things from the way they are. And many times when God is staring things in our lives and it's time for him to bless us, it will seem as if everything is being disturbed in our lives. All of a sudden, you lose your job. All of a sudden, you lose your money. All of a sudden, things are happening. And things that you trusted in are letting you down. When those things happen, don't give up. It may be a staring of God. He's staring the waters because he's about to change your rhythm. A staring does not mean God has abandoned you. A staring does not mean God has given up on you. A staring does not mean this is the end of your life. There are many times in our lives where, as people would say, all hell breaks loose. Everything that can go wrong is going wrong. And when that time comes, it's very easy for you to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? But at that time, it could be the Holy Spirit stirring the waters, shaking the foundations, removing some roofs, and changing some, some things that have been in your life for too long.
Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otterville at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.